The other day, my seven-year-old son, he turned to me and he said, Dad, I can't wait for Christmas. It's that time of year, right? Thanksgiving right around the corner, and then it won't be long until we see all the candy canes, nativity sets, lights, and eggnog of Christmas. And so we're starting to think about it, and we're getting excited. And I think I I knew the answer, or I figured I knew the answer, but I thought I'd ask my son a question. I asked him why. Why are you so excited for Christmas? Why can't you wait? And of course, my son, understanding that his dad is a Christian pastor, his first answer was, well, because we get to celebrate Jesus' birthday. And then he talked about unwrapping gifts. But do you know when his face really lit up? Grandpa and Grandma. When he talked about getting to see Grandpa and Grandma and his aunts and uncles and and getting to hold his four-month-old nephew, and that's when his face was glowing and the smile was big. That's why he was so excited for Christmas to come. And holidays, they'll, they'll do that for us, right? For many of us, we get to gather with family. We're, we're going to join together, and, and we're excited for that. We're going to celebrate. We're going to share meals together, whether that's an elaborate home-cooked meal or it's one that's delivered by DoorDash. But we're going to be there, and we're going to gather around the table, and we're going to talk and laugh and cry and reminisce and just enjoy being in that moment with our families. And so we get excited. We start planning for it. Grandkids are giddy with that excitement and giddy also are the grandparents. And we are eager for it. We, we long for it. Unless you don't. So I know for some of you this morning, when I just mentioned the word family, It didn't deliver joy, but deep sadness and hurt, maybe frustration, maybe anger. For some of you, when I brought up that word family, it it opened up a wound that hadn't healed completely. And you felt this sting of pain swell up in your heart. For some of you, there's, there's distance in your family, whether that's geographic or emotional. Maybe, maybe you feel like your family, it's fractured, it's falling apart, it, it's failing, and you don't know what to do about it. Maybe there's a loss that you're still mourning and that that loss is still painful. And so maybe for you, you really aren't that excited about Christmas. At least not that part of it. Then I have incredible, amazing, beautiful news for you today. 
whether there are pain and, and scars and wounds that are there when you think about your family, or even if there's joy there, there is this beautiful message that our God has for you today. That God has placed you in a forever family. I learned about that term, forever family, from one of the other pastors in our association, Pastor Ben Kurth. He serves on our Doral campus, and he learned about that term when he and his wife went through the adoption process for their youngest daughter. The, the staff at the agency that they were working with, they encouraged them. They, they talked about how they could become that forever family for a child. A child that maybe had bounced around from different families. Maybe had many different parents and guardians and others in their life, but never really had that stability of love. Adoption advocates, they, they push to help lost, disconnected, isolated kids find their forever family. And isn't that something that we really all need by nature? Because all of us, we're, we're lost. We're disconnected. We're isolated from, from our God because of our sin. And then as you go out into this world, I mean, this world is a place of loneliness and disconnect. And, and then for us, maybe hostility. But God has placed you in a forever family. And the Apostle Paul talks about that forever family in chapter 5 of this letter that he wrote to the Thessalonians when he said, He, Jesus, died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Now, whether you are awake or asleep, that's not talking about your daily cycle and routine. That's talking about life and death. See, the, the beautiful message of God's grace, his overwhelming, reckless love that was poured out to you through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, it makes you a part of God's family. Jesus came down and, and he poured out his life. He gave his life on the cross so that you could live together with him. And so that all those who live together with him, that they would also live together with one another. He's placed us into this family. You have been made a child of God, adopted by God, your heavenly father. And part of that family gathers around you right now. That's why here at Divine Savior Church, our third core value that we're going to talk about is that we support each other like family. Because we've been made family. And Paul instructs us to assume such a role for each other again in chapter 5 when he says, Therefore, encourage one another. And build each other up. We encourage each other with messages of comfort and strength 
as we love and, and we care for one another, as we pray for one another, as we help one another to be courageous in whatever situation that we face because we stand on the foundation of God's truth and God's promises. And so we're able to push back against all the negativity, all the, the cynicism that's in our world and around us. And instead, we can build one another up and, and encourage one another. We can show the world a church that is so different from what they think they know about those mean-spirited, gossipy, angry Christians that they see out there. And we can build one another up and strengthen each other. We can use positive words that help, that don't tear down. And so practically, how are we going to do that? How do we build each other up? How do we strengthen one another? How do we encourage each other practically? Join a connect group. Meet somebody new after worship today. Call somebody or text somebody or email somebody that you haven't seen in a while, that, that you haven't talked to in a while. Let them know that you care about them, that you want to know how things are going for them. Share a meal together. Play a game. Go to a game. Go to the movies. Have fun together. Go to a park. Do life together. Because this is your family. And this forever family, it's not just a future family. It is your present right now. God has forged us into a local family of believers He's brought us together through the gospel message of Jesus. And some of you, you may be watching this right now in your home. You may be listening to this in the car or on a bike ride while running. And that's awesome. We're, we're so thankful that this message can be helping you to grow in your faith and your connection to God. But don't let it stop there. Allow us to be that family for you to support and encourage you. Don't stay disconnected, but connect with us. Give us that opportunity. Because Jesus changes lives. And this is one of the incredible ways that Jesus changes our life. He gives us this forever family. And that's so good. So good because you need these people. You need their support and their encouragement. You need them to lift you up and build you up. This idea of family was so important to Paul himself. He wrote, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. Now, Paul felt pressure and suffering. You remember what happened? They, they were practically run out of town in the city of Thessalonica. There were people there who wanted to hurt them, even kill them, if it would put an end to the gospel message. And when Paul and his companions, when they left, that anger was turned against the Thessalonian church itself. But they had each other. They supported and strengthened one another. They stood firm in the faith. When faced with pressure and afflictions, it is our brothers and sisters in Christ who will help us to stand. 
They are the ones who will encourage us. They are the ones who, by reminding us of the promises and the foundation that we have on God's word, will allow us to be strengthened in our faith. They will help us to sift through all the lies that Satan wants to speak into our hearts so that we still hear divine truth. You know, people sometimes talk about when and where they, they feel the most alive. Whether that's, you know, hiking up a, a mountain landscape, being out in nature, swimming against the, the white-crested waves of the ocean, smelling the salt and the sand. Maybe it's seeking that thrill, skydiving from 10,000 feet up in the air. Or maybe it's the energy they feel as they're dancing up on a stage in front of a crowd. When do you feel the most alive? The Apostle Paul talked about how he felt alive because of the family of believers that he had. He said, For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. He felt truly alive when he was intimately connected with the spiritual well-being of the family of believers. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, they give us joy in the very presence of God. And not only do you need them, but they also need you. They need you to strengthen them and encourage them. They need your support, your prayers. They need you to uplift them and help them when they're burdened and afflicted. It's so important for us to connect and engage with one another so that we can do that. You don't consume Christianity. You become a Christian. And Christ has placed us into a family families they rub elbows with one another they get around each other they connect they engage with one another and so let's make sure that that happens the blessings of technology mean that some of that may happen in a digital place but but let's make sure that we connect let's make sure that we engage with one another this is a core value of divine savior church we hold it dearly and so i i'm going to be unashamed to tell you that I, myself, we together, if we don't see you, we don't see you in worship, we don't see you in Bible study, whether you're engaging with us online, in person, it doesn't matter, but if we don't see you if, you, if you haven't connected, we will call you. We'll text you. We may even show up at your door. Because we care that deeply about you. Because you're our family. And you can have a whole lot of friends in this world who are willing to call you their friend, but they are not willing to care that deeply about you and your soul. But in this family that God has made us to be, we care deeply. You may be hurting. Maybe you don't even know you're hurting, but we want to support you and we want to encourage you. And we want to be encouraged by you. 
And so what I want to ask you to do here at the end of our message this morning is, as this family of believers in Christ, I want to ask you to make Paul's prayer our own. At the very end of that reading we had from chapter 3, you hear Paul's prayer. And so I'm going to quickly walk through Paul's prayer points. There's four of them that we're going to talk about. First of all, as he prayed, he prayed that he might see them and supply what was lacking in their faith. Now that's not a dig on the Thessalonians and their faith. Paul is not saying that their faith was weak or that it was flawed. He's simply just making a point, a true statement that faith grows when surrounded by faithful people. When we connect with our brothers and sisters in Christ, they help us to grow in our faith as we gather together on the foundation of God's word. And that growth in faith is never exhausted. Paul continued with his prayer and he said, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. There were obstacles that kept Paul from coming to the Thessalonian Christians. What are the obstacles that keep you from connecting with your brothers and sisters in Christ? And what would happen if we prayed to God to clear away those obstacles? Like, what would happen to our overburdened schedules if we prayed that God would, would clear away those obstacles to connecting with one another? Would we be okay or would we be disappointed with the choices that we would need to make if, God, if we allowed God to actually answer that prayer? Or maybe for you, the, the obstacles that are there, they come from the, the fear, uh, the worry, the, the self-esteem issue about being open and honest with your brothers and sisters in Christ and, and how much you can really share with them. What if we prayed to God that he would take away that fear? That he would give us the courage to be vulnerable with our family in Christ so that they might support and encourage us? Will we allow God to clear those obstacles? Uh, Paul was so encouraged by the message that he heard from Timothy who came and said that the Thessalonians, that they always had good memories of Paul and his companions. Memories are created, right? And we talk about that with our earthly families, how important it is for us to set aside time to create those memories, vacations, quality time, detachment from all the screens in our life. Might some of those things be important for our spiritual family too? So that we can be in the moment, we can enjoy the memory with our brothers and sisters in Christ. This core value is driving the things that we're doing to try to create those memories, create that time together. And do that right now. Help those, those relationships to grow so that when pressure, when affliction comes, they're already there. It's the power of God's word and it's the blood of Christ that truly forges us into a family. 
But you know as well as I do that that feeling, that sense of family, that doesn't just happen magically. That takes time. It takes conversation. It, it takes effort. It takes getting to know one another. It takes connecting with each other. Paul was so thankful that that took place among the Thessalonians. And let's pray to God and be thankful that it will take place among us because God has given us a tremendous opportunity to connect and engage with one another, to build those relationships. Paul next prayed, he said, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you. Well, perhaps our love hasn't always overflowed. Perhaps sometimes we've failed at this core value. Maybe there have been those who've come to Divine Savior Church and, and they haven't felt overflowing love. Maybe there are those who, who don't want to spend the time to connect and engage with others. And we can repent of that. In fact, every single week when we get together, that's what we do. We come before our God and we repent. We, we confess our, our fallings and our shortcomings and we trust in God to forgive, to restore, to renew us. We have the, the beautiful message of reconciliation that God works to heal hurts, to mend wounds. He works to restore, to reconcile our relationships, us to him and us to one another. And we can live in that reconciliation so that we can be the kind of people who are overflowing with love, overflowing with care and concern. And fi Paul's final prayer was that God would strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. You see, ultimately God places us in this forever family so that as we connect with one another, as we support and uplift one another, that in the end, we will remain connected to Christ. Give thanks to God for this tremendous blessing, the blessing of a forever family in Christ Jesus our Savior. No matter what your earthly family is like, you have a forever family in Christ. We support each other like family. We encourage, we strengthen, we build each other up, we pray for one another. So I hope that you are excited for Christmas. For all the things you're going to do with your own family, but especially for what you're going to do with your spiritual family. As you celebrate that that baby born into his earthly family fulfilled the promises that through forgiveness forged us into a forever family. Amen.